a Republican elected official in Richmond County in the 70s when I was growing up was about as common as a purple unicorn. So, you know, they were very rare. And now they're not rare at all. For the News and Observer in Raleigh, North Carolina, I'm Lucille Sherman. This is the special 2020 elections edition of Domecast. Every week until November 3rd, I'll be spotlighting a different North Carolina legislative or statewide race. You might have noticed this episode and last week's episode aired a little later than usual, and that's because I've been soaking up a little bit of vacation time ahead of the election. If you happen to notice that, thanks for bearing with me. We only have three episodes left together, including this one, so let's get started. This week, we're talking about House District 66, which encompasses all of Richmond and Montgomery counties and a little piece of Stanley County. And this week, I have Barry Saunders, former News and Observer columnist who hails from Rockingham, here to talk with me about this race. He runs the SaundersReport.com, an online newspaper, and he's on the editorial board for McClatchy Newspapers, which is the News and Observer's parent company. Okay, can you hear me okay? I hear you fine. Okay, thanks so much for making the time to talk with me today. My pleasure. So you live in Durham now, but you grew up in Rockingham. Remind me of the years that you lived there. From the age of five until 1975 when I went away to college, and then I moved back to start my own newspaper for three years in the 80s. And I haven't lived there full-time since the 80s. Got it. And you still have immediate and extended family in Rockingham. What do people outside of this district need to know about it and what it's known for, do you think? Well, I can tell you that it's rural and it used to be known for textiles and agriculture and high school football, that's what Richmond County is known for. It, Richmond County is known nationally for its great football teams. And we haven't won a state championship in a few years, so we got to do something to change that. I, I think, you know, I was there in the 70s and part of the 80s when NAFTA took effect. And I think the area started reeling after NAFTA when a lot of the textile industries shut down and shifted overseas. And that had a ripple effect, you know, because if people aren't working in mills, they can't go to the grocery stores. They can't go to the department stores. They don't buy gas. So I think that's when it started changing. Of course, Rockingham, which is in Richmond County, we're known internationally for our racetrack back when we had NASCAR. It was one of the jewels of NASCAR back then. So. Mm-hmm. And politically, what would you say House District 66 is like? Okay. Well, it used to be solidly Democratic, that district. They added Stanley and Montgomery counties to Richmond County. And I grew up in Richmond County when it was primarily, a well, let's put it like this, a Republican elected official in Richmond County in the 70s when I was growing up was about as common as a purple unicorn. So, you know, they were very rare. And now they're not rare at all. 
So the two candidates in this race are Democratic incumbent Representative Scott Brewer and Republican Ben Moss. This is Representative Brewer's first time running for this House seat, though he's run for judicial seats more than once. What can you tell us about Brewer's predecessor, Democrat Ken Goodman? Ken Goodman, who's the scion of a political family, he was a Democrat, he was the incumbent. His brother was the former sheriff, a beloved longtime sheriff, and Ken was a progressive. He was unopposed in 2014 because I think pretty much everybody knew that he was going to win because he was good, he was popular, he was progressive. He didn't even have an opponent in 2014. He had an opponent in 2016. And in 2018, he won re-election against an opponent who was not well-known, who spent very little money, but it was a surprisingly tight race. And of course, he was appointed to a position by the governor, and that's when Mr. Brewer took his office. But I think he was beloved, and I think he would win, but it would be a tight race if if he were running now. And I think that's emboldened the Republicans. They figured, well... Maybe we can take that seat. And I think it is trending Republican, although I can't say that for sure. But if you just look at the most recent elections there, you would have to say that it's probably trending rightward. 2008, it went for Obama, which is, you know, was interesting. And then 2016, it went for Trump. And I think it's been shifting rightward since then. Right. It's worth noting that Ken Goodman has held the seat since 2010, the same year Republicans swept North Carolina's legislature. He went on to run unopposed in 2012, 2014, and 2016, and then in 2018 won by just 51% of the vote against Republican Joey Davis and Green Party candidate Justin Miller and was appointed to the Industrial Commission by Governor Roy Cooper in 2019 when Representative Scott Brewer replaced him. And you're right, this district went for Obama in 2008 and went for Goodman in 2010 and all the years following, went for Obama in 2012, and then in 2016 went for Trump. Beyond that, though, what issues do you think are most important to the constituents in this district? Well, I, I you know, I haven't lived there full time in a long time, but I imagine the same issues that affect everybody, jobs right now, jobs in the economy. I think those are the main issues that everybody's dealing with. That's all the questions I had for you. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Okay, Lucille. Bye-bye. We'll be right back to talk a little bit more about this race after the break. Here's what else you need to know about this race. Flip NC is a nonprofit I've mentioned on previous episodes, and one of its goals is flipping at least one North Carolina legislative chamber to blue. The group has classified House District 66 as the most vulnerable House seat, and Civitas's partisan index says this district leans Republican. In 2018, Civitas's partisan index classified this district as swing Republican, but as we know, Goodman won that year. It's also worth noting that Goodman was pretty well known for being a moderate Democrat in the legislature. 
Since Goodman had been in the legislature for nearly a decade, I think that fact that he was a moderate Democrat really speaks to sort of this district. And though it has been leaning more Republican in recent years, for the last decade, it really supported a more moderate candidate in the legislature. Representative Scott Brewer was appointed to the House in May 2019 by Democrat Governor Roy Cooper, who reportedly has been one of Brewer's friends since college. Since Brewer has been in the legislature, he's been a primary sponsor of around 10 bills, mostly pertaining to crime and courts, likely due to his experience as an assistant district attorney and district court judge. Only one of his bills made it across the finish line in the last legislative session, although that's not entirely rare for a freshman legislator. House Bill 1157 is the bill that was signed into law, and it abolished coroners in four counties. Those were Montgomery, Avery, Bladen, and Hoke. Brewer's first version of the bill only abolished the coroner in Montgomery County, which he represents, and... Eventually, four other counties were added, Avery, Bladen, Hoke, and Yadkin. The final, Yadkin, was eventually taken out in the end. Brewer also supports Medicaid expansion, expanding broadband access, and increasing employment insurance benefits. His wife is a public school teacher, and he said he supports pay increases for teachers. And the North Carolina Chamber of Commerce also recently recognized Brewer as a jobs champion in its latest How They Voted report, which analyzes which way legislators vote in a variety of bills. One last note that's a little bit more complicated. In 2003, the North Carolina State Bar opened an investigation into Brewer along with another prosecutor, Ken Honeycutt in regards to a 1996 death penalty case that Brewer and Honeycutt prosecuted. In that case, Jonathan Hoffman was sentenced to death for robbery and murder, and one of the key witnesses was Hoffman's cousin, John L. Porter, who was facing prison time and later said he made up the testimony about Hoffman in order to get a deal. So in 2003, the state bar opened an investigation into Brewer and Honeycutt in regards to their handling of that case and accused them with lying, cheating, and withholding evidence, saying Brewer and Honeycutt hid the deal that they made with Hoffman's accuser. After seven years on death row, Hoffman won a new trial in 2004 and was freed in 2006. And the bar eventually dismissed those allegations of misconduct against Brewer and Honeycutt, saying Hoffman's defense attorneys missed the deadline for filing a grievance against Honeycutt and Brewer. Now to Republican Ben Moss. He served for the last decade on the Richmond County Board of Commissioners, and he touts that he's an avid supporter of the Second Amendment and the NRA. Earlier this year, he drafted a resolution to make Richmond County a Second Amendment sanctuary. Recently, Moss called Brewer anti-God without providing any context, according to reporting by the Richmond County Daily Journal. So for Democrats to flip 
the House to blue. If they can't defend this seat, they'll need to pick up a total of seven seats rather than just six. Republicans feel pretty strongly that they have this race in the bag, but to be determined on election day. We'll be right back. We're in the final stretch. There's around a week and a half left until election day. Early voting is already well underway in North Carolina, where around 2 million ballots have already been cast. 1.5 million of those ballots are one-stop early voting, which began on October 15th, and 673,285 of those are absentee ballots. There's also been a lot of news surrounding the rules regarding absentee ballots that my colleague, who I talk about often, Danielle Battaglia, has done a great job of covering. The latest is that the U.S. Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals allowed the State Board of Elections extension on when a ballot must be received to stand. As of now, a ballot must be received by November 12th at 5 p.m., and previously it was November 6th at 5 p.m. Either way, your ballot must be postmarked at 5 p.m. on Election Day, November 3rd. But as of right now, it has nine days to make it to the Board of Elections. The opposing parties in this case are expected to appeal to both the North Carolina and U.S. Supreme Courts. So we'll see where this goes next. Also worth noting, plenty of presidential candidates, vice presidential candidates, and their surrogates have been visiting the swing state of North Carolina in the final days before the election. If you're curious about what they've said or where they've been, check out newsobserver.com to read our coverage. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you Monday.